Hey everyone, Bob WP here. It's 2020 and we're back with Do The Woo. I have my wonderful and very brilliant co-host, Brad Williams, joining me in this new year. Hey Brad, how you doing? Hey, that's me. I'm good. We survived the holidays. How are you doing, Bob? You have a good holiday? Yeah, it did. Nice and mellow. Um, yeah, really good. Uh, uh, nothing too exciting, but um, you know that's that's kind of how I roll these days. How about yourself? Light off some big fireworks out there and... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, we were really stormy on July 4th. So hardly, I mean, July 1st, June, January 1st. I'm thinking of <laughs> um, the wrong holiday. We usually hear a bit of it around here. They actually had to cancel some of this stuff around here. They canceled it in Seattle because of the winds. Mm. And they just had their laser show at the Space Needle. So, I mean, we were, weren't there, obviously. But um, yeah. So, how about yourself? Had a good time, uh, you know, the end of the year, end of the decade, it's exciting, right? I always enjoy, definitely a little more low-key as I get older, just sitting in front of a fire watching, you know, the shows, the countdown shows I enjoy every year, so um, yeah, had a good time. Now cool. we're uh, br- bringing in the Roaring Twenties, as they're calling it, apparently, again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. a lot of odd comparisons to the um, 1920s, but we won't. Yeah, I don't. That's for another, that's that's for your random show. There's there's a topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have um, a very special guest joining us for our first show in 2020, Brad Tenor from Delicious Brains. Welcome to the show, Brad. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, Brad has several plugins. He has a, a, a cool business, like I said, called deliciousbrains.com. Tell us a little bit more about that, and then we'll, we'll dive into more your experiences around WooCommerce and how your products play into that whole space. Sure, yeah. We're, um, we're a plugin shop, but last year we actually launched our first SaaS app called SpinUpWP. So uh, that's a basically a control panel for hosting WordPress on DigitalOcean, Linode, or any kind of cloud service provider. Um, and we've got three plugins, uh, WP Offload SES for offloading your email sending to Amazon SES, WP Offload Media for offloading your media to Amazon S3 or uh, DigitalOcean Spaces or... What's the other one? Google Cloud Platform. So, uh, and then our flagship product, which is the one we launched with way back in 2013, is uh, MigrateDB Pro. And uh, you can move your WordPress site from one place to another with, uh, with that plugin. So we're, we're about nine people fully remote, as is the custom in the WordPress business world. Um, and uh, yeah, things are good. Cool. I love your products, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think, I mean, the thing that stands out about your products is they're developer focused, right? And that's not typical. I mean, a lot of, I mean, probably everybody we've had on this show, Bob, is um, that that sells some type of a product um, is certainly not, you know, building and, and selling products towards developers or people building, you know, sites. So your products are awesome and they're developer focused and they're they're done extremely well and that's what you have a reputation for is just really solid solid products that work and save people a lot of time and a lot of money so i highly recommend them we use them a lot at at web dev awesome that's great to hear brad i think that what i'd like to kind of start out with is obviously all these products i think are beneficial 
to a WooCommerce site. But it, I know from a little bit of a talk beforehand that you actually, your site has been using WooCommerce since it launched. And you've done a lot around that and probably, um, you know, now we're going to be going on, but that, that will be soon. It'll be seven years. You'll be on WooCommerce and you've survived. And uh, we, we bow our hats, <laughs> take off our hats for that. But um, so, so tell us a little bit, you know, when you started, you know, what, what made you decide on Woo and then kind of what you, what magic you did with it in the beginning? Yeah, well, uh, when we started, um, I guess new Woo was pretty new, but I've been following the whole Jigashop thing. Uh, I think I was using Jigashop when I was consulting or something. I, anyway, I was a pay, I was paying attention to the e-commerce space, and when WooCommerce came out, uh, it was great. It was it was kind of a much needed uh, e-commerce system in the PHP world, uh, let alone in the the Wukong, uh, WordPress world. Um, and at the time, I believe Pippin was just getting started with EDD because um, I, I had looked at that and it kind of looked like that was going to be a better fit for us because uh, Pippin was really looking at, uh, you know, focusing on software, people who were selling software, whereas WooCommerce was kind of like a multi-purpose, you know, and it was actually WooCommerce at that time was really more about, you know, selling, you know, things that you shipped kind of thing, I think. I think it still is mostly uh, targeted towards that. Um, but nonetheless, we decided to go with WooCommerce because it was just a bit further along. And we ended up writing, uh, we, we used the Woo, Woo subscriptions add-on at the time uh, and the software add-on. And just before uh, my renewal started to kick in in 2014, I tested out some stuff and I wasn't super happy with the way the subscriptions add-on was working. So I basically hacked together a <laughs> subscriptions add-on like over you know three or four weeks and, and replaced the Woo subscriptions add-on with that. And we've been running a custom subscriptions add-on uh, for WooCommerce since then, so since 2014. Um, and uh, for, for better or worse, I would, <laughs> I would say it has its, its pros and its cons. Um, but, I mean, the cons are obviously every time we update WooCommerce or any of the other third-party plugins, we have to really test it really well to make sure that our custom code hasn't broken somehow, right? Because... You know, that's one of the, the big downsides I find with a WooCommerce site is you have so many plugins and they all have interdependencies and, you know, one plugin updates and it could break, you know, the one over here that you're not even thinking it could break, you know. Um, so that's that's something that we've struggled with all along. Um, but we've put uh, acceptance tests in place over the past couple of years that have really helped with that. So it's really taken a lot of the, the manual testing uh, after we update uh, really taken a lot of the pressure off the developer to like, you know, test every possible use case uh, and not forget anything. So overall, I think we're in good shape. Um, you know, 
considering, <laughs> considering <laughs> how, how little effort and, uh, and resources we put into, uh, it, like we've neglected our site like historically over the years. And it's only the last couple of years where we've really had a, a developer who's dedicated to cleaning up the site and just improving it uh, gradually in addition to, you know, adding new pages to the site and all the other things that, that we need done with the site. So, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a bit, a bit of a journey, I guess, with WooCommerce for us. Well, that is kind of the blessing and the curse, like you said, of having a really talented development team um, is when there's not something that does exactly what you want. I think the natural you know, responses, we'll just build it. <laughs> we'll build it. Yeah. And yeah. we've done that a lot over the years. And I am very much against that now. Like we're not building it. Someone else has got something that has to, right. Or at least they'll right. get us closer. And then, cause like you said, it's now you're, I don't know if it's it stuck's the right word, but you're using that, that, you know, the, the, the stuff you build in, that's a hundred percent on you and your team to maintain, um, yep. which is, isn't always the worst thing, but I think people need to understand what that means, right? Like if you do that, you know, what, wh- how's that look five years from now? Like you said, you did this yeah. back in 2013, 2014, whatever, yeah. here you are five years later and it's still, you know, something you have to uh, continually test and make sure it's, it's working. Um, so yeah. just, just some factors people need to think about when they, when they make that decision. But I'm curious now, you know, we're in 2020 now, um, are you using, you know, additional kind of off the shelf extensions with WooCommerce to also, and some of those enhancements you've talked about in the past couple of years. Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> we're, <laughs> okay. we're trying, we try to keep the system as simple as possible because like I said, like anytime you add additional plugins, you're adding more interdependencies, more complexities to the system, more likelihood of something breaking when an, when an update occurs. The, the worst, the worst bug happens when you do an update, you run the acceptance test, you test it yourself and everything seems fine. And then three months later you realize, you know, the recurring payments uh, weren't firing in some crazy situation or something, you know, there's just, there's just a lot of things that, that could possibly go wrong. Uh, I, th- I think at one point, um, yeah, at one point we updated our server, uh, the software on our server. And for some reason, some PHP package, I think it was the XML package didn't get installed or something which isn't really required for, for most things, but WooCommerce was using it as part of their email system. So, so, so our emails just stopped sending out and we weren't paying attention to that at the time. And uh, we, our sales kind of started taking a hit and we were like, what the heck's going on? And we, we looked into it and sure enough, the, it was the emails weren't being sent out. So people weren't getting their renewal notices, weren't renewing. Um, so we ended up, uh, we now monitor emails, long story short. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I bet you check those more often now. <laughs> yeah. We, we looked, I looked for like an email monitoring service, like where you could just like BCC your emails to. And if the pattern of emails changed, it would like alert you or something. Couldn't find anything that, that exists like that. Mm. Do you guys know of anything? Have you ever heard of something like that? No, I haven't. Maybe no. Maybe no one cares about this except for me, right? Hey, a new market <laughs> segment. You never know. Next time we talk to you, it might be a new product. <laughs> Could <laughs> Not be. A bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. So has there been any time that you've, you know, obviously I bet there've been numerous times you've been, you've considered getting off WooCommerce and maybe yeah. looking at other options. How close have you gotten? And, you know, maybe what, what, 
made you stay with WooCommerce? Yeah, I guess one thing I'll say is that uh, there are benefits to having custom code as well. Um, so we've been able to experiment with a bunch of different business models in the WordPress, like that are not typical in Word, for WordPress plugins. So for example, uh, WP Offload Media, uh, each tier of, of that product uh, is based on the number of the size of your media library. So, you know, if you have a thousand media items, you're kind of at the bottom tier and then 5,000 and you're at this tier or whatever, you know? And so we've been able to experiment with, with these different models and which is something you wouldn't be able to do if you weren't working on your e-commerce system. If you kind of just bought something off the shelf and said, I'm not going to touch this. We're not going to customize it. We're just going to, you know, run our billing through it. Um, and so, so I think there are benefits to doing the custom thing, um, but uh, there's certainly the downsides, right? All the maintenance and work you have to put into it. So I think, uh, I think overall, I don't regret it though. I think, I think custom is, is the way to go. We're actually in the process right now of, of updating our pricing for MigrateDB Pro as well. And the, what we're doing there is also atypical. We're kind of, we're going to treat migrate more like, you know, a PHP storm or uh, MAMP or, you know, downloadable software kind of business model. Um, and so instead of being limited to a certain number of sites, it's going to be unlimited sites. You're going to be able to use the product on, uh, but the, the pricing will work by functionality. So you pay more for more features, that kind of thing, which is kind of how it is already. So it's not going to be a big change, uh, but uh but it's going to be a step in the right direction for us. One of the things I noticed that you had uh, mentioned and kind of what I was talking about building your own custom e-commerce site, you now I'm, I'm talking about something. I absolutely have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm It may not sound always my favorite part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Brad just sits back and lets me, you know, lets me do this is, uh, you had mentioned that you had wanted to build your own custom mm-hmm. e-commerce site in Laravel and get off WooCommerce. Is that kind of play into what you just said? I mean, what the decision there, because you said, oh, now I'm, I'm I'm seeing the light. Maybe you didn't say that, but kind of that. Yeah, I, I think the reason, I, the main reason I wanted to get off WooCommerce was the de- the dependency, the interdependency thing and like the headache with like updating it and worrying about something being broken that we haven't tested, right? If we, if we were, if we built our own e-commerce system in Laravel, uh, there might be bugs that we work out, but over time you work out all those bugs and then it just becomes stable, right? And there's any updates are only the updates that we make and no one else is pushing updates at us. So it has that kind of benefit. Uh, but also the downside is you don't get any improvements, right? WooCommerce is, updates are generally new improvements right so uh it's yeah for us i think the updates aren't that important because we're using uh we're not using woocommerce like for example i think the the latest version that that's come out come out has a bunch of widgets or uh what they call blocks uh that allow you to add products uh and like that just doesn't apply to us right so that update there's very little in that update for us and and yet we still need to update it 
we still need to test it. We still need to go through, jump through all the hoops. So I think that's why I was leaning towards building our own. Um, but WooCommerce has gotten better, a lot better. And there's a lot of momentum behind it, especially in just last two or three years, I've noticed a big, um, seems like an acceleration. And so I, now I'm, I'm firmly behind WooCommerce. And I think if we were to put dev resources into building something, it would be a better, you know, software subscriptions add on that kind of mixes all of, or just fixes up our custom code that we've written and, and bundles it up as a product and makes it available to people or something like that. That's something we've tossed around as an idea that we, we might do in the future, but uh, we keep coming back to like, eh, how many people are out there that would, would want this? You know, it's not, it's not something we've, we've done. We've really just tossed it around. We haven't talked to, to people. We haven't uh, done any customer development or anything. So it's, it's a, it's a pie in the sky idea at this point. So I'm curious on the, on the product side, kind of going back to your products, um, you know, obviously they're not, you know, your, your flagship WP migrate DB pro, um, it's not specific to any type of, of WordPress setup per se. Um, so I'd imagine there's a lot of people that benefit in the WooCommerce space or e-commerce space within WordPress that, that get the benefit of using your plugin. I'm curious, do you have any sense of, of, of an idea of the breakdown of people that, you know, are using this on sites running WooCommerce? Do you track those, that, that granular type of stat with your, with your customers? We do, uh, fairly recently. I think we started, it might be a year, maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, so we do have some stats on that, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head and I couldn't even, I'd have to ask somebody to pull it out. <laughs> we built like a, a custom statistics app, uh, that anyway, it's all locked away in a MySQL database and needs to be queried. Um, but uh, I've recently, uh, recently found a really great system um, for that. And now I can't remember what it's called. I'll, I'll find it for you and put it, we'll put it, link it up in the show notes. But yeah, I found this, a great system. We looked and looked and looked for a system so that we wouldn't have to build it ourselves mm-hmm. and didn't find anything. Uh, and, then, and then just like two months ago, I found a, a great system uh, for that. Yeah, Someone actually recommended it to me for doing funnel analysis. So like for setting up uh, an e-commerce funnel and, uh, and I was like, Oh, and then I dug into the tool and I'm like, Oh, this is just like a general analysis tool, analysis tool. You can send any event you want to this and a bunch of data and attributes and stuff. This is perfect. This is exactly what I needed for, for our, uh, I think the, the app markets itself as like a, an analytics tool for apps, like kind of like mobile apps. Um, so it didn't come up in my searches mm. when I was searching initially. Yeah, yeah I know uh, this is definitely a tool I recommend. I know one of the challenges of, you know, having an e-commerce store um, is, you know, making updates um, on a live site. You want to try things, you want to test things, you want to see how they look before you push them live. And, of course, you know, you should have a development server, maybe even a staging server of some sort of playground that you can test on, break things. You don't have to worry about breaking the process. But one of the challenges in e-commerce is just keeping that data in sync so that when you're testing changes in a dev environment or a local environment, whatever that looks like, it's 
you know, working with your live products, working with your real data. And I think that's a huge benefit to this product because you can easily pull down and sync all of your production data right to your local box or your development environment. So that way, when you're testing out either a new feature or even an update um, of WooCommerce per se, or, or an extension, or just trying some things, maybe some AB testing and want to see how they might look before you push them live, you can sync that data with, you know, one or two clicks. Um, and it just, like it, it really saves a lot of time and is a huge value. So I definitely, it's another reason why I recommend the product because if you're not working with your live data, you're, you're asking for problems when it actually does go live, right? It happens all the time. So I think it's something people should be thinking about if they're not already is, is a product like this or to make sure that when you're testing those features on your store and your dev environment or local environment that you're, you're syncing that data. So it's as um, in sync with production as you can possibly make it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's where the, that's kind of where the product came from in the first place. I was working at an agency and I needed to, to move a site from my dev environment to the staging environment. And I was just like, oh my God, this is painful. If I have to do this ever again, uh, <laughs> manually, <laughs> I'm going to tear my hair out. Uh, and so I just hacked together this little solution. Uh, basically, I, I took a backup plugin that was sitting on .org and uh, just hacked away at it until it became a migration plugin and then stuck it on .org and it just kind of developed a following on there. And it wasn't until um, 2013 when I was looking to start a business that it occurred to me that there might be something there. And then the rest is history. It just, it really took off after that. Uh, people really latched onto it as like the, as the kind of missing tool in their tool belt for WordPress development. So it's uh yeah. It served us well. Yeah, it's always cool to hear, you know, stories like that. Something that comes out of necessity for the job that you were doing. Um, light bulb goes off, right? And you're like, wow, this is this is cool. This could be, this, there's something to this, you know what I mean? And then from that point to where you're at now, five, six, seven years later, um, to have a really, you know, really awesome business that a lot of people respect. And yeah, a lot of really happy customers out there. That's a, I love stories like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. All, all, all the great stories tend to be the or the one the ones I like the most as well as the scratch your own itch ones where the, mm-hmm. the person, you know, had a problem, decides to solve it, and then turns out that other people also wanted that thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, I, I, one other thing I wanted to, um, before we go on to any of the other stuff we want to talk about is I'm always intrigued with uh, what people are doing as far as trying to test out new checkout experiences and something in your notes caught my eyes because you said you're launching a new one on spinupwp.com. Tell us a little bit about that because I I just love to hear the different uh, strategies and thoughts behind when somebody takes their checkout system and does something to it. Yeah. So the, the problem we were trying to solve there is that when we launched the app initially, we, like the, the e-commerce system is built into the app, right? So, you know, whatever app.domain.com is your typical app, and that's where the e-commerce system lives. But the main site is on, you know, domain.com. So spinupwp.com was our main site. So what, when you go to the, ch- the pricing page and you click buy now, you end up on app.spinupwp.com or whatever. Uh, and, and it looks different. And that's bad, right? As we all know, if the if you 
if there's a break in the experience with e-commerce that is going to lower your conversion rate. Um, and then, I mean, add, you know, the, there's all kinds of th- things wrong with that. You know, you're going from a, you're going cross domain, right? So you're going from one domain to the next. And there's, there's a bunch of issues there with, with Google analytics and uh, there's uh yeah, so there's there's just a bunch of problems there. So what we wanted to do is take our checkout uh, and move it onto the site, but still keep the whole system in the app, right? We didn't want to like re like launch WooCommerce on our our main site or anything like that. Um, so <laughs> what we've done is we created APIs and we built like basically the the client on the on the the site so on spinupwp.com you click buy now and then a light box comes up very much like the stripe light box that you've probably seen lots in the past where it's just like um you can still see the site kind of in the background um and then then it's just a kind of a wizard experience where they fill out this you know a little couple of form fields click next click next click next and then buy um and so it keeps them on the site. They don't have to go across domains. Uh, and we can just, we can better track people that way. Uh, and it keeps, it should increase our conversion rate. I'm really hoping it <laughs> increases our conversion rate. Um, but yeah, we're, we're just on the eve of launching that uh, probably this week. So uh, I'm looking, looking forward to, to getting that out there. Very cool. Yeah, I'd love to real quick before we move on, just touch on um, your blog. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of content. You know, you know, over at WebDev, we have a pretty active blog. We have forever. It's always been a big part of our um, of our company, and you know, I think there's a lot of wins from that. Obviously, it allows us to write cool things that we're interested. Technical pieces um, we write about our company, but by and large, a lot of it's just our team contributing. Um, you know, thoughts and ideas and, and new technologies are experimenting with or things like that. It's, it's a content marketing strategy for our company. It, it puts us as a, as thought leaders in the space. And, and, and it's also, in my opinion, a really great way to give back. And your blog is also very well known um, within the WordPress and development communities because you, you have a very consistent, um, you know, writing on your blog with a lot of really interesting technical topics that you cover. And I'd like to just hear a little bit about that, how that strategy is and how that came to be. Cause it's, I feel like our blogs are always up there and people talk about blogs in the community that have a lot of really good, you know, technical chops to them. Yeah. Uh, I sometimes introduce our, our company as a, a blogging company that does WordPress products on the side. <laughs> Cause we, we spend so much effort, time and effort writing blog posts. Uh, yeah. So it, I think it was back in 2015, we decided 2015 or 2016, I can't remember, but we, we decided like, Hey, we really got to get the, on this content marketing train. I hear it's I hear That's how you do marketing. <laughs> and so, so we started writing blog posts that, you know, on topics that interest us. Um, so my whole dev team were the writing staff and we would just pick a topic, write about it, publish once a week. And we've been doing that ever since then. And we've put, so we've got over 250 blog posts uh, on our blog and traffic, uh, you know, just went up and to the right. Uh, we, we went from, 
I can't even remember what the numbers are, but you know, orders of magnitude, you know, went from almost nothing to, you know, 10 times what it was. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and, and we've, we've reaped the benefits of that traffic coming to our site, discovering us, opting into our email list. And then, and then eventually getting warm to our brand and, and our authority on, on certain topics, and then maybe trying our products out and, buying them and becoming customers. So that's kind of the process. Like you're not, it's very rare that you're going to, you know, uh, get someone coming from Google and reading one of your blog posts and then just like buying your product immediately. Um, I think that's, that's kind of not, that's not really the way I look at content marketing uh, working. Uh, I, I look at people coming from Google, you know, finding your blog post, try to get them on an email list and then, warm them up to your company and then uh, hopefully they'll, they'll buy something. Maybe the next time you release a product uh, or next, next time you release a version of your product, they'll hear about it and say, Oh, I should try that out. That sounds like something I would use. Um, and I, so I think it's worked for us. Like mm-hmm. whenever we send an email uh, that talks about our product. So a, a new release of our product, we get a bump in sales. Right. And I think, that's what's happening there. So, so it's been beneficial. The, the only problem is that we weren't really paying attention to how SEO has changed over the years. Uh, and actually, uh, this past year, 2019, our traffic peaked in January and started to slide. And we're down about 35% our traffic to the migrate DB pro pages and to our blog pages. So like, you know, uh, if a, a blog post was getting, you know, 5,000 uniques a month or something, uh, it's down 35% right from there. So, uh, it's, uh, it's a problem that we have to resolve. And I've been digging into it for the past couple of months and yeah, we're, our, our, our ideas about SEO are just have been really outdated. And the way, the way Google looks at content now, you can't just have a blog and publish a new post every week and, Google, and just feed the Google monster and they'll reward <laughs> you for it, right? It doesn't work like that anymore. Uh, Google, uh, and this it's, it hasn't worked like that for a while. From what I understand, it's been a few years uh, at least. And Google really wants you to curate a library now. They want you to uh, manage the click depth of articles. So like how many clicks does it take to get to a piece of content? They will, they will push that one down in the search engine rankings because they, they, they prioritize things that are kind of the closest to your homepage. So right now, like one of our blog posts that we wrote in 2016, it probably takes you like, nine clicks to get to it right because you gotta go through our homepage to the blog then through the archives like seven times to get to it uh and google just basically says that content is no longer relevant because it takes that many clicks to get to it um i mean that's one of the one of the ranking factors uh but it's an important one apparently so uh, so we've got a lot of work to do this year. <laughs> we just woke, we've just yeah. woken up to this, right? And uh, so we've got, we've really got to reorganize our content, like 
get it out of the blog, start surfacing it on our sales pages better and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's something anyone can learn from because, you know, the, you know, it's, I, I like it, especially for our developers and engineers, because it's, it's, it gives them a break from the, you know, the grind of, of pushing code and shipping code um, allows them to maybe explore some new technologies or something that they're interested in and dig a little deeper into it. Um, and it's, like you said, it's a great marketing tool. It's also a great way to give back, right? Like if, if the, obviously we put content out there in the, in the hopes of brand recognition and thought leaders and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's also teaching other people what you're learning and things that you've learned. Um, and even a lot of times getting feedback in the, in the form of comments or, uh, responses on social, um, of some different ways to look at stuff and think about stuff. But I, I I'm always surprised by the number of companies that don't really don't do publish it, yeah. anything you know maybe once a month yeah. and it's like just hey look at what we did you know like it's it's like i don't know so i've yeah. always really respected that you guys pump out some really high really uh high quality content very consistently um and i know a lot of people follow it do you have your team on a schedule like do they have to write a, a new post uh, every so often or um it's there is a schedule in terms of our publishing schedule um, however, it's really part of our, we have what we call a downtime policy. So, you know, when there's gaps in between work and stuff, there's things they can fall back on and blogging, writing content is one of those items they could choose. So it's less strict in terms of you, you know, Bob have to write one post every, you know, one, one new fresh post a month. It's more kind of aligned with work schedules and, and gaps in client work and stuff like that. There are times when there's a particular topic where, interested in digging into more that we'll sign it out and have somebody volunteer to, to push on it a little bit harder. Um, hmm. You know, when things like Gatsby are blowing up and everybody wants to talk about Gatsby. So we <laughs> dig into that, but it's also, you know, our, our team learns from it too. So we take those lessons learned and, and do internal, yeah. you know, training and stuff as well. So there's a lot of wins around it, you know? Um, but yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, my team has been, I mean, we've been doing it for quite a few years now and, and it's kind of the same, the same people and, uh, and you know, we're only, uh, six developers, so, uh, or five developers. And so, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, a post, you have to write a post every month, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gets to be a bit much. So in the, I decided that it's high time that we hire an actual writer, uh, someone who wants to write and isn't being forced <laughs> to write, <laughs> um, and so we're in the process now of trying to hire what I'm calling a developer writer. So a developer who wants to write full time essentially is, is the role, uh, which is a weird thing, right? Sounds it's, like an oxymoron to me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't expect it to be an easy thing yeah. to, to find. Luck. I'm sure they're out there, but good yeah. luck. You know, you'll find them. <clears throat> yeah, I'm impressed. I was um, looking because... I, um, and Brad knows this, I spend tons of my time with content and yeah, definitely this is something I don't see a lot on, especially any sites that are plug-in shops, uh, putting this kind of depth in the content, even looking at some of the posts themselves. And I, I can still get this. I spent the last two weeks during the holidays, just going in and tweaking content and creating some more links, interlinking, which I do a lot of and, working on my cornerstone content and all these different things. And it is, it's, it's, I admire any company that takes the time to put that into, um, you know, an energy 
this much into it because I know just as somebody that does it almost full time, what it takes. And Google is constantly messing with you and <laughs> you, you have to tweak it around. And sometimes, you know, you, it, it can be amazing what you find. You might think that um, something was very small and it, it makes a huge difference. And even keeping content fresh, I'm constantly updating old posts, looking at what's really ranking and going in and adding more to it or um, updating it in one way or another. And it's it's a it's a constant battle. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And it's it's something you have to really pay attention to and keep uh, on top of. Yeah, I was really surprised about the updating content thing because the way we've been operating is like if we wanted to update, like create an updated version of a post, we would just publish a new post, you know, with, with you know, the, the content would be very different. It'd be different screenshots, different everything, right? Um, like we've done this with uh, benchmark posts. Like um, we, we compared uh, the performance of varnish caching with, uh, engine X fast CGI caching. And so I did that in 2016 and then Ash did a, a, the same post essentially, but with new benchmarks and new data in 2018. But it turns out Google doesn't like that. They want you to update the original post and just get rid of the old content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think I took, I took, I think I took the idea of permalinks, like, way too seriously <laughs> where, where it's like it's supposed to be a permanent page that doesn't change on the internet right a, an archive of of for for future generations yeah, yeah i i actually i do a lot of my content when i update i actually take it off the grid for about an hour and then i republish it with a new date the current date and that doesn't affect anything as far as the traffic, I mean, especially if it's a high-ranking post, it just kind of continues on its way, but it's recognized as fresh content, kind of brings it to the surface again in front of some new eyes, too. So it's, um, yeah, it's definitely a, a lot of work. So, yeah, and we could talk about content. Don't get me started, please. It's, um, <laughs> we're, we're, we'll, we'll go ahead and go off on too many tangents here. But, yeah, so uh, before we close out i did have a couple um you know we want to kind of get into the news a little bit more around here and i yeah just a couple things to share uh woocommerce 3.9 well i could say it's on the cusp it may actually be out by the time the show is published but either way i i know brad you'd said yeah hey you know we it isn't you got to update even though it's not always you know features that you just say well i'm going to use and one of the i know one of the um well, probably the biggest thing to it this time as far as features is just adding a block that basically replicates a shop page. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's something I, I, I kind of like it that they're adding these in bit by bit rather than just slamming them in all the time. Uh, and then, then the, the big thing with the, um, update on, um, as far as minimum PHP and WordPress requirements, and I, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll never understand PHP for as long as I live. I maybe I care less to understand about. It. I just kind of follow the crowd. But obviously, this is is quite a big thing, and a lot of people had to be prepared for it. And just from your discussion and your talk around maintenance, Brad, it's probably I don't know if that's like yes, that's a great thing, or is that like whoa, you know, is that kind of throwing some other um, challenges? Yeah, no, it, it's definitely a good thing. Um, 
for anyone who works on on WooCommerce now, they could potentially use features in PHP 7.0. And, uh, and that's, yeah, that's a great thing. Uh, the problem is I don't believe WordPress has increased the minimum required version to anywhere near 7.0. So I'm not, I'm not exactly sure uh, what that, that means for the ability to use I guess I guess what it means is that um, if you're doing custom work like we do, like like our work on on WooCommerce, we can use the latest and greatest anything, right? Because we know exactly what our version of PHP is going to be on our server, right? But if you're if you're developing add-ons for WooCommerce for general consumption, uh, I guess you can you can now support any features in PHP 7.0 and below. Um, which is certainly a good thing for for those developers. Certainly a welcome update. As an agency, the other Brad is that. I mean, at, at the level you are with the, your clients, is that even a, a, ever a concern when something like this comes along? As far as existing clients, but you pretty much have a have a handle on that and make sure they're they're running on what they need to be running on. Yeah, I mean, you know, most of the clients we work with are are working with our recommendations. They're going to be working, you know, on even newer versions of PHP, um, you know, seven two, seven three. Uh, it's not often we come across a client that is forced to use something less than seven point um, Does happen, you know? You think about it. Every once in a while, we come across a client that's forced to support like IE eight, you know, and you you question why, but it's usually a big cor- <laughs> it's a big corporation and for them to get those updates, it's tough. You know, it's it's not. Just I would have guessed government. I would that would have been my guess. Government <laughs> and uh, financial institutions are are the two biggies that stand out. Yeah. They, it's tough for them to upgrade anything. <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah, my optometrist still uses uh, Windows XP. I think <laughs> <laughs> they had the uh, they had one of those t- the the local train station here in Philly, 30th Street Station. They had one of those tickers, you know, that would tick 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 that and show you the trains. And it was running off of, uh, I think they said Windows 3.11. They finally were like, we have to we have to switch it out for a digital board. And everybody was up in arms like, no, you can't. And they're like, look, this thing runs Windows 3.11. We can't update yeah. it. Like, we have to switch it. My, my hardware store uh, prints its receipts uh, on dot matrix printers. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, whenever I go in there to order some lumber or anything else, I'm just like, what year is this? <laughs> I just get time warped. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's out there, but we don't run across it often. So obviously newer versions are, there's a lot more advancements. They're still supported. They're much, much, much faster. Um, a lot of reasons to update. Well, there's a few other small things that people can, you know, check out if they haven't already checked out in the update. And the other, uh, article that I came across this article is about a month old because apparently nothing e-commerce wise happens during the holidays, which is kind of hilarious in its own way. But it, I, I just, it, we'll, we'll just touch on it briefly, but it was uh, some research done based, some data based on CBD integration. And it showed the difference between WooCommerce and Shopify and who is using what. And they, the data shows us 59% of those sites that are doing CBD are using Shopify, 41% WooCommerce. Does that, especially, I know, Brad, you, 
I don't know if you have any clients on Shopify or if you've had clients. I mean, does that surprise you? Does that sound about right? Do you? Do, how do you guys feel about those numbers? Um, doesn't surprise me. I'm, you know, I, I would, I honestly, if I was surprised about anything, I, I would probably have guessed Shopify would be more, even more than that, just because. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like like Shopify is all about like, yeah, you can sell CBD if it's legal in your state. They have a whole bunch of pages about it, all this great information, you know, FAQs, all that good stuff. Where. WooCommerce is just confusing as hell. Like, well, you can, but, 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 but. And it's like to the average user, uh, what does it mean if I connect to WordPress.com service? So then I can't sell CBDs. It's just confusing. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I feel like just that alone, I think people would want to, would end up on on Shopify because they have so much good content kind of encouraging them to do it if it's legal in their state. Yeah. yeah. Shopify is Canadian, right? So uh, it's, uh, and it's weeds legal up yeah, here. You guys, so. you guys love all, the wacky tobacco. It's all, there. it's all good. It's all good, man. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Won't be long until Bob <laughs> makes the trek. Uh, you're pretty close to the Canadian border. What are you, like 100 miles or something? 50 yeah. Miles? Well, you know, it's it's legal here in Washington. I, oh, I still yeah, gotta, you don't even have to leave your house. Yeah, I still got to, I still got to get you that picture of the sign, you know, that's right when we pull off to go home. It's uh, your last, it says last chance to get weed. Um, so it's, uh, you know, one of these days I'll, um, I'll share that for you. See, by but, us, it's um, fireworks. It's, Last it's chance to get the, fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the weed shack. So I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been in it, but that's always our last chance apparently. So, nice. um, but anyway, well, cool. That's, uh, yeah, just wanted, uh, it was interesting stats. I'll uh, put a link in to the article. People want to check it out more, but I, I felt kind of the same way that, um, I was surprised it was that close, but, um, obviously there's, uh, yeah, something something's working right. So, all right. Well, that I think is it. I think we've um, you know run a bit here. Uh, Brad, our guest. I keep going. Brad, 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 Brad. Um, <laughs> it sounds like an echo, but appreciate you coming on. I'm gonna have uh, the other Brad kind of close us out here with a few things. Me, Brad? I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, Brad. <laughs> yeah. Th- that, that Brad. Oh, the right. Brad. The, ho- the other host. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. So, uh, Brad T, <laughs> where, can, where can people find you online? Well, you nailed it. It's Brad T on Twitter. Oh. Uh, and uh, I guess you can find our blog at deliciousbrains.com and all our products are there as well. Um, so, there you go. Very cool. Any uh, any events or anything on the horizon here as we're getting into the new year and events? I guess event season still a few months away, but uh, any upcoming events people might be able to catch you at? Uh, we will be at WordCamp Europe in June. We will have a booth uh, as we'll be there as Spin Up WP. Uh, so you know, trying to get that branding out there, and. Um, yeah, so stop on by and uh, say hello if you're at WordCamp Europe. I hope to make it. It's in Portugal this year, right? Porta? Yeah. Porto we're doing Porto. our company retreat there as well. So uh, we're going to have the whole team uh, in Port- Portugal. And where do we apply to work at Delicious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're hiring right now. So, yeah, ch- check out our, our job postings. Uh, there you go. Over at deliciousbrains.com. Very cool. Um and as always, you can find me on Twitter, Williams BA. Bob, anything on the horizon for you? Nothing really. Uh, just um, been busy with the the site. Kind of was the official launch uh, Tuesday of uh, kind of moving this site forward and uh, focusing a little bit more on community and news around the Woo space. So um, 
keeping my head down and on the keyboard doing all that good stuff. Very cool. I uh, I have no official. I'm hoping to make WordCamp Europe. I don't know. It's a little ways out. So um, now that the new year is here, I can actually start thinking about 2020. I don't like to get too far ahead until we hit the new year. So uh, nothing official for me yet. But I will give a quick plug to an announcement I made, which is a new uh, book I'm going to have coming out called Professional WordPress Plugin Development Second Edition. So the first one we wrote about nine years ago, if you can believe that. Wow. Um, and I've been working with uh, Justin Tadlock and John James Jacoby. Triple J is joining us for this version. So um, if you're interested in building amazing plugins like Brad T over here and his team, it's a great starting point. And it, it's, a, it's a pretty deep dive, pretty uh, more uh, starts with the basics, but gets pretty advanced pretty quick into how to build really elaborate professional WordPress plugins the right way. So um, check me out on Twitter. I got all sorts of links out for that. Should be out a little bit later this year. So pretty excited about that. Cool. Congrats. All right. Yeah. Congrats, man. Ten, 10 years nearly for that book. I know it's been a, it's been a, a few years trying to get this thing moving forward. So I'm pretty excited to get it out. I get asked about that book more than any of the other ones. So, um, I think it'll be a pretty, uh, it's gotta be pretty good. I'm excited about it. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, definitely subscribe to the show. Where are we at? We're over at bobwp.com, right, Bob? Right. And all the other great platforms, you know, your, all your pod platforms, you can find, find us everywhere. Sign up for Wula News and become a friend of the show. All the links right there are right on bobwp.com. And with that, we'll see you on the next show. All right. See you later. <laughs>